0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Happy Monday morning. We are heading into the week four of the preseason because week three is over. There's only one more week left of preseason games, and then the real thing will be happening. I'm your host, Will Brinson. This is the CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. We break down all the action from around the league on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Subscribe, tell your friends. Rate and review. You can, can be a negative review. I don't care. Just go four stars and call me a, a funky name. Um, we're launching our drafts. For those of you that listen, signed up for the fantasy draft, this week we're going to do a slow draft, four different leagues, got a crazy setup, and speaking of drafts, I have brought on two good friends of mine, Ryan Wilson and Sean Wagner-McGolf, to hear me spend 30 minutes talking about my fantasy draft from Pinehurst. Aren't you excited, Ryan?
1: Uh, it may, you make it sound like you drafted us onto this podcast because no one else would do it.
0: That is sort of what happened, Sean. Do you agree with that sentiment? I'm actually just watching the Cardinals Cowboys game and pretending to listen to you, Sean. Oh, thank you. That's uh, welcome. You're you're, you're, uh, you're going to be a good wife for somebody then, because that's uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's that's what they do. Uh, the uh, you know, my, um, the <laughs> the uh, but uh, Sean, I'm drinking a. Uh, because listeners care what we're drinking. Ryan's drinking uh, milk out of a Star Wars coffee cup. True or false?
1: It's coffee, but sure. Oh, Ryan's Milk's funnier.
0: Coffee at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. I love it. I am drink. I'm also drinking coffee, but the alcohol variety. I have a Bond Brothers uh, Cocoa Imperial Breakfast Stout with oats, cocoa nibs, and counterculture coffee in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean, big boy out there in Oakland pounding some wild turkey on a Sunday night while he's working. I like it.
2: Hey, man, I got to
0: survive this game somehow. Who, uh, who'd who you get to go to the liquor store and buy it for you?
1: <laughs> he just wakes out front, asks a bunch of
0: people. I Actually,
2: welcome. this is the difference about when I was hired like over three years ago. I didn't like the age jokes, so I was a young guy. Now, as I am firmly in my mid-20s, turning 26 in less than a month, I <laughs> welcome the age jokes. Please keep them coming. It makes me feel young again.
0: It's, you can't believe you think you're old. Um, okay, in all seriousness, though, uh, we got to talk about this this draft that I had because I've been mentioning it on the podcast. Like I had the number six pick, um, and I you know, I think I probably probably didn't talk to Ryan about it, but I'm sure I talked to Sean about it. Um, we were down in Pinehurst. We went and played golf at 1 o'clock, uh, and then we had the draft at 830 at night. Suffice to say, not every person participating in the draft was uh, entirely sober for the for the beginning of the draft. I over under. This is my over under. Forty two beers for the weekend for me. Forty two domestic beers over the weekend.
1: Uh, way over. <laughs> I've learned this lesson.
2: <laughs> Sean, is this Friday through Sunday or Saturday? Friday, and Sunday? Friday and Saturday.
0: Oh, over. I'll take the over. I th- <laughs> it's depressing that you guys took the over on 42. Uh, it, it feels like, if right now it feels like it was about 42. Um, but did our, we took our big CBS Sports draft board. You can see I got a picture of it there. If you sign up for your fantasy leagues early, you get the draft board sent to your house. It's a nice little bonus for a live draft. Uh, I had the sixth overall pick. I got David Johnson when he fell to me there. Um, very excited about that. Then I got Michael Thomas. This is a 12-team draft. I got Michael Thomas in the second round. You don't like it? No, I, we, what we did is we talked
2: about this on the pod last Sunday with Breach.
0: Oh, that's and
2: right. And uh, we, we couldn't believe you're getting David Johnson 6th overall. Who are you playing with?
0: Uh, my Who is it, my letting David friends?
2: Johnson slipped the
0: 6th? Yeah, I get Michael Thomas in the second round. But then the third round pick was the coup de grace. A.J. Green in the third round. Wait, what? A.J. Green fell to me in the third round of the sixth overall pick. So I started out David Johnson, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green. Then I grabbed Larry Fitzgerald on the fourth, Carlos Hyde in the fifth, Deion Lewis in the sixth, Trey Burton in the seventh, Emmanuel Sanders in the eighth, Matthew Stafford in the ninth, Rashad Penny, Tariq Cohen, Chris Godwin, and then the Falcons defense and a kicker.
2: I got to say, I thought you were kidding when you said you were actually going to talk about your fantasy draft with us, but now that you have decided to share with us your fantasy draft, who were the
0: receivers taken before AJ Green? Uh there were a lot of them. Tyreek Hill went before him. Um, Allen
1: Robinson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um uh, DeVonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. This was there was 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 nine, uh nine running backs taken in the first round. And then somebody took Deshaun Watson in the second round. It's a this guy was a little off his rocker. It's fine. All right, that's enough talk about my fantasy draft. Let's talk about everybody else's fantasy drafts coming up this week by diving into some week three preseason action. Um, I'll tell you a guy, Sean, that I I did, I did thought about taking the second round, but Michael Thomas was there and I couldn't pass him up. And I was going to take him in the third round if he was there, but he wasn't because he got drafted before A.J. Green. Joe Mixon has looked Fantastic for the Bengals this preseason. I know you were all over that Bengals Bills game on Sunday night. What? How high are you on Joe Mixon, and what do you think he can do this year? I think he's. I think he's being a little bit overdrafted. I I think I saw on Twitter
2: you were discussing about him being like a first round pick. I think it was him that you were talking about, and like I don't really see that. Um, I what I was impressed with watching the game was just the Bengals entire offense, and like in a way that maybe lowers. Mixon's value because I just think they have a lot of weapons there actually that you don't really think about them like that but um if you have John Ross actually doing John Ross things the reason why they took him ninth overall you have AJ Green I think the ball's gonna be spread around a lot and I was actually really impressed by them um you kind of have that offensive line solidified um now with Cordy Glenn on the left side I think the Bengals could be okay. I know you wrote about the Ravens winning the AFC North. I was really impressed with the Bengals, though.
0: I think they might be the second-best team in the division. What if what if the Steelers are the fourth-best team in the AFC North, Ryan? And
1: they'll finish last, and they'll have a great, great first-round draft pick. Uh, yeah, you spent some time the other day trying to troll me into thinking that uh, the Ravens were going to smoke the Steelers. And first of all, you were trying to reverse-troll me because I was trolling uh, about the Steelers going undefeated or something insane. And second of all, I've known you for ten years. It's not like you're going to suddenly start saying crazy things. and I'm going to get angry. I was just like, <laughs> I got to go.
0: I can't believe we've been doing this for a decade together. That's insane, uh, but, Sean. This is before you were born, but we used. To- I was just about to make the exact yeah. same joke. We so. used to do this podcast for Fan House, and we called it the Housecast. Um, and the intro was me going, "It's a Housecast," and it was yeah, that's old school. It was something. before
1: that, we were actually doing uh, podcasts, literally calling into the telephone. Log Talk Radio with Michael David Smith.
0: That's right. Uh, are you worried about the Bengals, Ryan?
1: No, because they're not going to be very good. And for as happy <laughs> as Sean seems to be about Cincinnati, I I take I would take with John Breach, Cincinnati's, you know, very own dad's fan uh, literally president of the Bengals fan uh the Bingles Alumni Association. John's not that high on the Bengals this year. I think he thinks I-
0: they're gonna be a playoff team.
1: Well, you also think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl, so I think that's okay, okay. for you think that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll be better than last year. I think Andy Dalton's – and Sean sort of hinted at this. Andy Dalton's problem last year was that he couldn't – he was never able to be protected, and I think the offensive line should be better. Joe Mixon I like a lot, actually. Everyone knows about A.J. Green. I think that John Ross – I laughed the second they drafted him last year. And you – and Breach, too. I understand Breach more than you. You were like, oh, this is a fantastic pick. He was terrible. <laughs> I mean, he was so bad. Marvin Lewis didn't even think about playing him. So maybe he's better, but, I mean, there's no reason to think he's suddenly going to be uh, the number two receiver that A.J. Green needs. Tyler Eifert can't stay healthy, and that's sort of a, a sad story because he's a fantastic player. And their defense is actually good. I, I like their defense. I love – I'm telling you, man, um, William – who's, your, who's your, uh cornerback they drafted two years ago? William – what's his name?
0: Jackson. William Jackson. William Jackson out of Houston,
1: Addie Houston yep. is awesome. Stud. He got he's hurt. Missed his rookie season. He – this is one reason I hate the Bengals. They literally took him one pick before the Steelers had to take Artie Burns because they knew the Steelers were going to take <laughs> William Jackson, William Jackson the Third. Actually, I think, I think it is. I missed out his first year, I think, with a pec injury, and he was balling last year. He is so good that no one really talks about it because no one. You know, pays attention to the Bengals. But he's a fantastic player, and uh sounds like you're higher, I think they're good. Sounds
0: like you're higher on the Bengals than you than you know, than you realize. I'm higher
1: on the, their defense I like, their yeah. offense.
0: If their, offensive, you know? if their offensive line is solidified, and there's reason to think it is, and I think what you've seen the first – by the way, Cordy Glenn suffered a shoulder injury on Sunday and had to leave and was ruled out, but he was walking around the sidelines. So hopefully fine. There's reason to believe that the swap in offensive line coaches, by the way, from the Bengals to the um, – to the Cowboys, and they flipped offensive line coaches, could be a major factor in terms of how these guys play. Uh, I think Joe Mixon has a really nice season, but I don't disagree with you, uh, Sean, when you point out that it's entirely possible for John Ross to step up, for A.J. Green to step up, for Tyler Eifert to step up. And if those guys are healthy and play well, it'll take some stuff away from Mixon. But I think they're going to give him the ball, and he looks like he is going to be explosive. Not explosive, or not quite as explosive as the Bills' offense it looked like crap again. And I think there's, I, as I explained to Nick Costos on Sunday night for CBS Sports HQ, which you could watch for free on CBSSports.com backslash live, or any Roku, Apple TV, smart device, phone, whatever it is, you can stream it live. As I explained, they can't start Josh Allen because they played the Ravens, Chargers, Vikings, and Packers in the first four weeks, and he will die if they play him. Yes, and I, well, I think all those teams that you said –
2: I, I do think part of this game that was skewed so much is that the Bengals have maybe the best defensive line in football with Carl Lawson and Geno Atkins. Ryan, um,
1: like a word, but go ahead.
2: Well, is Aaron Donald there? Did you, are you breaking news that Aaron Donald has signed his contract extension?
1: Show me one person on the planet besides you that that would rather take the Bengals' <laughs> offensive defensive line over. I think
2: Aero- I think this John this Bruch. defensive line is like I think I can't remember who said it on Twitter. They were comparing it to the Broncos Super Bowl defensive front. Um, I think it's up there. And I'm not like, that's not me dissing the Rams. Um,
1: that's how I took it.
2: That's line. All right. I'll say the best offensive defensive line in the AFC. Um, so I think part of that skewed by that they're not going to have to play them every week. Um, but you watch this game and you're right. How can they throw a guy who was thought of coming into the NFL as needing a year to kind of learn the nuances in the NFL and he went back there, and I think you'd have to watch the l 22 to find out for sure. And I would guess that a part of that is on him as well, maybe not you know, making his reads as quickly as he needs to make them. Um, I Again, I haven't watched a replay of the game, so I'm, I can't know for certain. But it's hard for me to believe that from the amount of time he had sometimes in the pocket and then him holding on to the ball for that long that there was no one open. So like, I, I think for his sake... I think you have to start Peterman. And if we're talking about who's played the best in the preseason, it's been
0: Nathan Peterman by a long shot. That's a compelling case you have for Nathan Peterman. My case is just you threw Nathan Peterman against the Chargers to let him die so Tyrod Taylor could live. Throw him against these first four teams and let him die so Josh Allen can live. You got to let the kids stay healthy. Uh, I only think there's like one person on the planet, and it's Pete Prisco, who still thinks Josh Allen should be the weak one starter for the Bills. Um, Buffalo is going to stink this year. There's no way. like I, I, I get a little hesitant to dive in on like certain um, – like, everybody was against the Jets last year and that they were going to stink, and they, they didn't. They were actually competitive. I can't see how the Bills are, are any good. A um, little worried about the Cardinals, too, and that Cardinals offense. Uh, that game was on Sunday night as well. Not a lot of – no Josh Rosen, not a lot of uh, Sam Bradford. A whole lot of Mike Glennon for you in that work shift, Sean.
2: That's right, and the game is actually going as we speak. Um, no David Johnson either, no Larry Fitzgerald. This was kind of a game that kind of like shows that maybe the week three dress rehearsal is over. Uh, I mean, you have you had the Bears, you had the Rams, all these teams rusting their starters. Um, I think the Josh Rosen sitting thing was actually because he like hurt his finger at practice. They're saying, um, but I, I don't know if there's anything to take away from this game except for the fact that Randy Gregory kind of dominated the Cardinals' first-team offensive line. Um, I don't know if that says more about the Cardinals' offensive line, which might not be very good this year, or it might say more about Randy Gregory and how he um, probably should have been a top-five pick, if not for off-the-field issues. Um, And if he's back and, like, fully back and stays
0: um, eligible, like, he could be a legit guy, you know? Every single Cowboys defensive pass rusher must go through the time-honored tradition of serving a suspension for some sort of off field or, or substance abuse related uh, issue before returning to the Cowboys and producing a big sack season. So it's Randy Gregory's turn. That front seven is actually kind of interesting and the defense is a little intriguing because of the personnel they have. Um, But I still, I'm bearish on the Cowboys with this Travis Frederick stuff. And if that offensive line isn't healthy, they're not going to be very good. Uh, Should we be worried Ryan about Kirk cousins?
1: No. Um, you know, we were just talking about... Uh,
0: 17 to 28, 182 yards against the Seahawks. They also looked like crap the week before against the uh, Jaguars.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. The Seahawks were balling. The defense was. And I've been taking shots to the Seahawks pretty much since the season ended, and they got rid of everyone, saying they're rebuilding. Um, Russell Wilson doesn't have any help up front. They drafted Rashad Penny, which is a weird thing because they need help everywhere else. Uh, the defense, people retired or they traded or they cut them. Earl Thomas isn't happy. But that defense destroyed uh, Kirk Cousins for much of the first half. But here's the thing: he has Dalvin Cook back, he has Adam Thielen, he has Stephon Diggs, he has that defense. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that that they'll be fine. And also, if you watch Case Keenum play in Denver, it's not like he would have been an upgrade over what Kirk Cousins is doing now. So I, I think the there's more concern at Kirk Cousins' Kirk Cousins's old team, the Redskins, and Alex Smith. Because they lost Darius Geis than there should be for Kirby's new team in Minnesota, where you know they made it to the NFC championship game after that crazy win over the Saints. And on paper, they're actually a better team now. Would
0: you who who are you taking in the NFC, Sean? I bet you got your Super Bowl picks locked in. I'm taking the Saints. Oh, um
2: in the 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 funny thing is. Uh, I was saw you add and it.
0: Mina Kimes talking about that. By the way, Mina Kimes will be on this podcast this very week. Thursday, for those that subscribe and want to hear me and a she'll be coming on to talk either Thursday or Friday. So I uh, look forward to that. Uh, oh yeah, You got the Saints. Anyway, keep going. Um, well, what I mentioned in that story
2: was that I think signing Kirk Cousins was the right move. Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. But I think it's entirely possible the Vikings have worse quarterback play this year than they did last year. And that's not to say that Case Keenum is better than Kirk Cousins. It's just that Case Keenum had an incredible year. I think he was the number one quarterback by DVOA um and so i think it's entirely possible that you see a drop off in quarterback play um i don't Kirk cousins i don't think has ever led the league in dvoa before and like so i think it's a good signing but i just don't think either of those guys would have given you what case keenum gave him last year and so i think the vikings actually are going to get a little bit worse offensively they also right now have a lot of problems on the offensive line in terms of injuries and they traded for a center today from the giants a backup center and i think that's trouble um, I mean, for the Saints, to me, it just comes down to balance. I mean, you have Drew Brees, who isn't necessarily the focal point of that offense. And, like, how many teams can say that, that we have Drew Brees in our back pocket to bail us out of a situation? And when he's not slinging the ball, we can hand the ball to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram.
0: Yeah, it's like the opposite of the Seahawks, who have zero balance. And the Saints look good on, uh, on Saturday. Marcus Avenport
1: came back, made his debut, and he actually – people were worried about what, what he might do. They traded, you know, let next year's first-round pick to move up to 14. They want a pass rusher opposite Cam uh, Cam Jordan, and uh, they may have they may have found him because that's a huge deal. I mean, that defense actually was ninth last year, I think, according to Football Outsiders, the year before, 31st. But they were like seventh, I think, in pass rushing, according to, to Football Outsiders. So it's not like they needed a pass rusher, but it sounds like um, Sean Payton wanted someone opposite Cam Jordan to take the pressure off of him because Cam, Cam Jordan had 13 sacks. Uh, I'll no give you- one
0: else had five.
1: I'll give you fifty guesses. Who was in second place?
0: Sheldon Rankins. No. Alex Okafor.
1: Alex Okafor was tied with uh, Von Bell. They had four and a half each. Von Bell's a safety. For those of you who don't keep up with with uh, the secondary members like me. of, of the Saints.
0: Um, yeah, Davenport had a half a sack. The, uh, Did you? Go ahead. Sorry, I was there was a
2: there was a highlight I saw on Twitter. I didn't watch the game, but I saw a Davenport play. Um, it's not a sack, but where he's guarding a reverse that starts in the opposite running away from him and he, the way he changes um, directions and manages to make this tackle on the smaller guy was really impressive.
0: And I think too, like the thing with Davenport is you're not asking him to step in and be the guy off the edge, right? Like he just has to sort of be not a situational guy, but he doesn't need, you know, you have pieces in place where he doesn't have to be. He's not
1: being asked to be Jadavian Clowney.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, right first
1: overall pick you have J.J. Watt but you still expect a lot of them
0: right exactly um Chargers Melvin Gordon was I think it was pers- it was personal reasons why he didn't play on Saturday night um in theory if for some reason you took the Chargers at pick them in the first half of that preseason game you would be wildly disappointed to find out that that he wasn't playing and they got blown out by the Saints Phillip Rivers 5 of 7 29 yards Geno Smith 7 11 45 yards and an interception um Chargers didn't look good. I'm, I'm a little worried the Chargers could be slow starters this re- year, Ryan. But your Super Bowl pick? No, I will not be picking the Chargers to win the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, I thought you do that automatically every year, like when you sign up for something on the internet and you don't tell them you <laughs> want to quit, they automatically renew you. I thought that's how it worked for the Chargers.
0: <laughs> it's like they're like, oh, uh, Mr. Brinson, you didn't submit your Super Bowl pick on time. We just put you down yep. for the Chargers. <laughs> We're uh-huh. assuming
1: it's San Diego slash Carson. You know what's funny? I was uh, I followed Nick Underhill on Twitter. He used to cover the Patriots and now he covers the Saints. And he tweeted out, like most beat reporters do before the game, sitting in the press box looking out into the field. And I was like, Good Lord, the Charger Stadium is minuscule. And I forgot they were playing in the same stadium that the uh, LA Galaxy plays MLS soccer in. It's just, you just can't take that team seriously, other than wow. you picking them because of uh, Phillip Rivers. I want to like him, but come on, you're playing in a, in a stadium that holds 12,000 people.
0: <laughs> That's a reason I don't like him. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I did think it was uh, it was notable to look at sort of how they approach the running game, though. Um, you saw Newsom got 12 carries for 34 yards. Austin Eckler, just six carries, but he ran for 50 yards. You wonder, is he is he necessarily the, the true backup to Melvin Gordon, or is he really more of a passing downs type of guy? And it seems like it's probably the latter based on uh, how he played. By the way, for the Saints in that game, Mark Ingram, seven carries, 24 yards. Here's the notable one for me. Boston Scott, six carries, 18 yards. Taysom Hill, who is a quarterback, also had six carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. But if I'm drafting for – if I'm needing running back help, I'm looking at Boston Scott as a guy maybe to gamble on in in the later rounds of a fantasy football draft because he could be the guy who fills in and takes Mark Ingram's role for the first four weeks. I'm not buying the concept that Alvin Kamara is going to carry the ball 30 times per game. It just seems crazy.
1: That's uh, Ron, Ron, Ron Rivera talk. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Who's that? That's his poor name. Ron Rivera talk <laughs> about your boy, Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, right. Like, Christian McCaffrey's not going to run the ball 600 times a week. I mean, he's just not going to do it. Uh, he did run it 12 times for 48 yards against the Patriots and the Panthers, 25 to 14 win. Shout out to uh, my wife and my son, who have both been to more preseason games this year than I have. Um, they went on Friday to check out the Panthers game. Very exciting. Uh, Let me ask
1: you this, Um, either you or Sean can answer this, but uh, Eric Decker retired, which is huge news. I was convinced that Eric Decker was going to go there and blow up because when he, uh, let's see, when was he drafted, 2010 maybe, maybe the same year as Tebow, and of course he struggled like everyone else when Tebow started those uh, games and led them to the playoffs as an 8-8 team that beat the Steelers as it turns out, but the next year when uh, Peyton came, he went bonkers, and I thought there was going to be sort of of the similar thing. Uh, this year after leaving the Titans where Marcus Mariota might just end up being the worst quarterback in the league uh, and going to New England with, with, pay, with Tom Brady. But it looks like he struggled to learn the the offense. They said he was struggling in practice. And instead of getting cut, I give him credit for this. He's like, look, I'm going to, you're not going to dump me. I'm going to dump you. So he just retired.
2: I, he pulled the Reggie I, Wayne. Isn't that exactly what Reggie Wayne did when he signed with the except Patriots? Except
0: one of those guys is going to the hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> right. Eric Decker is going to the hall of fame. Tori, <laughs> clearly. Tori Holt, Tory Holt did that too. I think actually with the, uh, With the uh, the Patriots as well, are you worried about this Patriots receiving core? No, you sure? I kind of am.
1: Why? Every year it doesn't matter. All you need three things, two and a half things. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and eight games out of Rob Gronkowski, and everything else seems to take care of itself every year. And you just pointed, you sort of hinted at this: the Bills are going to win one game. The Jets are starting Sam Darnold. Ryan Tannehill might be the first quarterback to lead a team to negative wins. I mean, what's the pressure? <laughs> oh,
0: wow. <Yeah>. Rude. But <laughs> am thrower. I wrong? I mean, I-, <laughs> well, I mean, the negative wins, but Flamethrower <laughs> Yeah, you Dano. are a little bit wrong. <laughs> Ryan Daniels is walking out of his house to go get in his car and he's just getting sideswiped by <laughs> Ryan Wilson.
1: Uh, Adam Gase no longer just unsubscribed to this podcast. <laughs>
0: That's right. Uh, Cordero Patterson had nine targets for this team. Philip Dorsett had four. Julian Edelman had five, but he can't play in the first four weeks of the season. Somebody named McCarron had five as well for 40 to five four, 40. AJ. <laughs> AJ? Yeah, I, I can't click through or like mouse over names on, uh, on the NFL, uh, G I G S I S thing. That's the problem. Um, the, uh, <laughs> there's just not, I mean, there's Gronk and there's Chris Hogan and then it falls off a cliff, right? I mean, like Philip Dorsett, is he going to be, a- I just told
1: you the two and a half things you need.
0: Why don't you it, understand? And the
2: first four games of the season don't matter because, as Ryan said, they're going to win the division no matter what. And so Julian Edelman missing four games when he's coming off a torn ACL
0: a year ago, like that's really not the worst case scenario that he
2: has to miss the first month of the season. Might end up being good.
0: It's Riley McCarron, by the way, but I'm sure you guys already knew that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey he's in that game, twelve carries, forty eight yards. Didn't have that explosive play. Um, you know, was uh, was targeted twice, sixteen yards. I'm telling you, the, the Panthers are. Actually, going to do this thing where Cam Newton completes a high percentage of his passes.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! What does that mean? High percentage?
0: They're going to, they're going to dink and dump. Dink no, and I'm dunk. asking you for a number. Uh, sixty-five. Oh boy,
1: Kevin, Kevin Benjamin would like a word.
0: See, yeah, yeah, yes, he would. Then the word is improved completion percentage because he's I got gone. two words for you, Kelvin. Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you want to? Get, you want an accurate quarterback? Maybe you didn't go to the right spot, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I, he, uh, by the way, Kelvin Benjamin today dropped the
2: one good pass Josh Allen had deep downfield.
0: I'll say sixty-one percent actually for Cam. I think that's gets, uh, okay. I think now he goes. I think he goes over six, I think He's in between sixty and sixty-five. Um, they haven't thrown deep a whole lot with Cam so far, and that's interesting. You know, he had a couple longer throws, but I just think they're going to try and minimize the number of hits he takes. He took a big shot in that game uh, where he landed. That uh, self-inflicted head. headbutt. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, and-
1: let me ask you something um,
0: about th- going deep. When will Andrew Luck go deep? That was my, I was segueing it and you got me, you got me there anyway. He hadn't thrown a pass over five yards in the air in the preseason. Are we, what's,
1: what's, as long as completion prior to last, to last game, which I didn't see, was 16 yards, the first two preseason games. So he's throwing, and I was watching the highlights of the 49ers game where um, the Colts won 23 17, if anyone cares. And here's what came to mind as I watched him cornball, uh, popcorn throw everything. Chad Pennington. I said he looks exactly like Chad Pennington, and that's not the worst thing in the world. He was first-round pick of the Jets back in 2000, I think. It's
0: not the best thing in the world.
1: (laughs) But it's not the best thing in the world when you're coming off major shoulder surgery that kept you out for uh, more than a season.
0: I mean, I think it's a pretty big concern. Like, I'm not thrilled about the fact that I'm holding that Andrew Luck will lead the league in passing yards ticket that I've been bragging about all offseason. I mean, like now it's like, oh, you know, I'd like to get a refund on that. Can I, can I swap that back in for, for $10? Because Luck isn't throwing deep and if he's not throwing deep, he's not going to lead the league in passing. I do think that Frank Reich's offense is sort of, you know, designed and predicated on, on being a little bit shorter and not, you know, taking big drops and then chucking it deep. But I mean, is there a chance that he is Chad Pennington now? If
1: he can do it successfully that you don't have a choice. I mean, you, you can't throw it harder than you're, you're physically able to do it. I wonder. Let me put it to you this way. I'm going to say nine games over under on seeing Jacoby Brissett.
0: Uh, uh, will we see him in nine games, or will he play in nine games? What are you saying?
1: Well, yeah, will he play nine games, more or less?
0: Ah, uh, less. I think Luck plays all season. I'm not as. No, worrying. I mean,
1: I-, I mean, nine games into the season. Do we see Jacoby Brissett before or after that? Because I feel like we after, see him. Be- I say I feel like we see him before. Wow,
0: that that would be very bad news. By the way, somebody in that fantasy draft I, I did yesterday took Luck in the fifth round. Don't do that at home, kids. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. First round pick. Take it. You wait and take Andrew Luck in the eighth or ninth round if he's there, and then pair him with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who has looked pretty My good. My boy. Yeah, I love Mahomes. Everybody loves Mahomes. Well, oh yeah, why is he Ryan's boy?
2: I think I drafted I
0: think, him in our draft. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um. Fair. Would you rather have Patrick Mahomes or Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, Ryan? Come on.
1: Here's the thing. I actually was not high on Mahomes leading up through the offseason when they got rid of Alex Smith. That's a good question. <laughs> Wait, what's the answer to the question? Yeah. I don't know. What oh, Mahomes. After, the more I've watched oh. him and the more I see him, the more I'm like – and he played uh, He played really well against the Bears. The Bears didn't start. Their, didn't have their starters out there. But he was efficient, didn't make mistakes, didn't force the ball. And did uh, all the things you want a quarterback who's second year in the league, learning the ropes uh, in terms of being a starter. You want him to do, and he did all those things. So he pa- he passed all those sort of eyeball tests, and I, and then you see him do things like he did against I think it was the Falcons. They played in week two, and he threw the ball literally out of the stadium, sixty nine uh, yards. So it was literally, figuratively out of the stadium, and a fantastic. I mean, that's the type of thing to take your breath takes your breath away. So physically, he can do all sorts of things. He seems to be making good decisions. Things will obviously change once the defense. Start scheming and, and strategizing and all that once the regular season starts, but uh, you know there are plenty of guys we see in the, in the preseason that we're not checking the boxes on because they're doing stupid things, and Mahomes isn't doing those things. So I'm taking him over Kirk Cousins on sheer athleticism, younger, and you know higher upside. Basically, I, at this point, Kirk Cousins is one one step above one step above Chad Pennington 2.0. I, I
0: think the biggest thing about the week three performance from from Mahomes is that you know even if he, you know he's 18 to 24. For uh, 196 yards and a touchdown, and like again, it's preseason. The Bears' defense might be questionable. Um, Chase Daniels. No, no they're going
1: to they're going to be very good. Sean i will tell you that.
0: No. We well, well get... the Bears' starting defense didn't even play. Well, hold on. So, Before we get to the this... Bears, with Pennington, with uh, with Pennington, with Mahomes, <laughs> oh god, it's in my head. Um, the thing that Mahomes did was like he so he showed us the huge arm in week two, like you said, Ryan. But then in week three, and he, he said this, he's like, you got to let the defense you know, you can't just attack the defense all the time. He said, "If you, this is an actual quote from him. He said, if you're young or you're an older quarterback, you want to throw touchdowns on every single play. You have to learn when you have to throw the ball away and when you have to take the check down. So for me, I felt like today was a good day, just kind of taking what was there and at the same time attacking the defense. Took a sack in the red zone, um, threw the ball away instead of trying to force a pass in a tight window and stuff like that. That's what you want to see from Patrick Mahomes, a discerning ability To make the the read and the right throw, I am all in on the Chiefs in terms of their offense. I don't know how good their defense will be.
1: Oh, boy. By the way, quickly on Mahomes, uh, a couple things in his favor. We're talking about Brady's targets. Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt.
0: Sammy Watkins Watkins is fourth option.
1: Sammy Watkins, who is making $16 million a year to be the fourth option. Yep. So, they are loaded, but that defense is hot garbage. They were getting... Run out of town by Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel, like Jim McMahon, out there just lighting them up one drive after the next. They scored on their first three drives, the Bears did all touchdowns, all embarrassing. Uh, the type where you watch it as a defense and, and you want to kill yourself because you're not making tackles, taking terrible angles. Guys are wide open. So that's something that's a legitimate problem. We're talking about checking the boxes of guys doing the things they're supposed to. No one did anything in the first quarter and a half for, for the Chiefs. And, you know, unless Mahomes and that offense is going to score 40 points a game. That's a, That's an issue.
0: I'm I am perfectly fine with, and I'd be curious what you think here, Sean. Uh, in terms of fantasy purposes, Dave Richard said he's he's on he's on board with this too. But I think this game uh, against the Bears only solidified it. Tyreek Hill, eight targets, eight catches for 88 yards in this preseason game. I'll take Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver one in a fantasy league. Like I think you're gonna have to pay, draft him in the third round to get him, and he's gonna have moments. He's not gonna be like a you know nine point floor a week guy. But he's gonna be a thirty point a week ceiling guy and is gonna go off on, 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 on some teams in multiple weeks, if not, you know, seventy five percent of the season. That's what kind of scares me about him though. Like that's
2: why it's insane to me that AJ Green goes after him. In I would league, much rather have AJ Green
0: for sure. Yeah. Because
2: I, I think he's gonna have the twenty eight point outburst, but then he's gonna have the three point, the two pointer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so I, I, I don't know if I would I don't know if you can call him a wide receiver one just because um, by the end of the year, the total points will be there. But, like, I don't think that's a sustainable way to win in fantasy football.
0: The median – is it the median or the mean, Ryan? What's the what – <laughs> what Don't you trying to ask do. me about math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean's not a huge math guy. Uh, uh, the
1: mean <laughs> is the average, and that that doesn't take into account, like, large extremes. The median sort of presses things. The median right. takes
0: away the extremes, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. so, like, if you do the median of, uh, uh, of Tyreek Hill's numbers – like AJ Green's median is going to be a lot uh a lot higher right yeah exactly whereas Tyler, he's a wide yes. receiver too to me
2: and i think he i think maybe he's a fringy wide receiver one like i yeah. wouldn't be opposed to having him as my top receiver but i wouldn't be taking him over like the top running backs uh um, no,
0: but see so here's my thing is and this is what i was sort of saying about this draft and i think and I, like I, I mean i'm not trying to talk about this draft the whole show but this is I, to me it is a it's a 12 team it's a 12 league draft with a bunch of – it's like me and a bunch of my friends that I've known for 20 years. It's a pretty average draft, like in terms of um, what people are going to do and how people are going to act in these things. And I think that this year you're going to see running backs off the board like crazy in the first two rounds. And then, like, my buddy Nathan had to take Royce Freeman in the third round because he he went receiver-receiver and all of a sudden was like, oh, no. I've, I have to have a running back. And so we went Royce Freeman because the, the top guys came off the board and it got empty. So if it's me, I'm fine going running back in the first and then coming back, go running back, running back, and then you then you go Tyreek Hill in the third or hope Mike Evans is there or something like that. I don't mind going with one of those guys in the third round and, and gambling on him as your wide receiver one. Um, somebody in Tom Frenelli's draft drafted uh, this, uh, is it Jordan Wims for the Bears? <laughs> so it is.
1: He he might
0: make the team. Ryan, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Ryan, what that says about. Do you ever think a you, fantasy draft? But sometimes Ryan will get on mute on the podcast. Yeah, and... I know. I was going off on Javon Wims because I
1: watched that game. Is it Javon Wims? It. Okay. I think it's Javon Wims, and he was fantastic. And I think he plays a little special teams as well. So, but right, Sean, they were talking, and uh, Jim Miller was the local guy doing doing the broadcast, former NFL quarterback who uh, who's good buddies with our buddy Pete Briscoe. They were saying that that Wims will probably have some work to do, but. Super explosive and, and fun to watch in a game where, you know, there wasn't a lot of defense from Kansas City.
0: Well, five targets, four catches, 114 yards, and a TD. A uh, lot of dudes on that team who are going to be involved in the offense, so it's hard to uh, necessarily get excited. Did you did Trey Burton play in that game?
1: No, I don't believe so.
0: Why, well, did, why, so why, why did he play? No they, no, no. bear starters, starters actually played. Oh, do you think, oh not, not a single one of them?
1: No. In no. fact, it, Sean was talking about that. He, he said according to in, in his Bears world on social media, the the Bears fans were mad at Matt Nagy for not doing that.
2: There's was, a lot of more than I thought. Like I was like as a Bears fan, I was excited because like I don't want to see Trubisky getting hit. I don't I, like I like it's just not worth the risk to me. I wonder and if like, these
0: new coaches like cuz this is what Sean McVay does. He didn't start his he didn't start right for the Rams and Matt Nagy. They're just like no maybe, maybe Maybe Ryan Pace is like, we are doing everything the Rams do. They're benching their starters. We're benching our starters, Matt. And he's like, I really need to get these guys some reps in this new office. You're benching them. The and, yeah,
1: well, Go ahead, Sean.
0: Uh, the, the funny thing is, is that Matt Nagy
2: is going up against Andy Reid in this game, and Andy oh. Reid is keeping his starters in in the third quarter. Um, and it just kind of was kind of weird to see him it going up against his former coach, his former boss. Um, who he you know has learned everything from yeah. in terms of coaching and doing the exact opposite.
0: That is weird. If I'm a Bears fan, I don't want that happen. I mean, like I'm, I'm with you. Like you don't want anybody to get hurt, but I want to see Trubisky getting the reps. So there, Chase Daniel, you got a six and a half million dollar trophy. Chase Daniel, right? Uh, Fifteen of 18, 198, and two yard two touchdowns. Chase Daniel, very nice guy, really nice guy. Met him at the Super Bowl. What does that mean? He's just really, <laughs> na- he's a really nice human being. I think he's a good dude.
1: Okay. Hey, do you know which uh head coach, first year head coach, did play as starters? Didn't go so well?
0: Uh, I don't.
1: Mike Barabol.
0: Oh, yeah. Marcus Mariota. Where's our. Uh... <laughs> Somebody here likes the Titans. Oh, boy. What's... I was going to say, you're
1: a huge Mariota defender. I, you talk about nice guys. Mariota seems like the nicest guy on the planet.
0: Yeah. He was terrible last year, and
1: I I was willing to put up last year to mark it up to injuries because he had a hamstring issue, and a lot of times guys don't talk about it, and you find out in the offseason they were hurt, and that explains it. I don't know what this guy's problem is. He looked like dog crap uh, (laughs) against the Steelers team that played their starters for a quarter and a half, maybe the the whole first half. Still, he looked terrible. Blaine Gabbert came in and actually looked better against the second and third and fourth team guys, but that's a huge problem.
0: Derrick Henry, five carries, 12 yards. Deion Lewis, three carries, 11 yards. And Marcus Mariota five of eight, 43 yards passing and one interception. Um, Taewon Taylor, five targets, one catch, nine yards. Yeah. And uh, you just don't see Corey Davis. Apparently, Corey Davis and Marcus Mariota. I like saw an update. It's like not on the same page. That's a bit of a red flag on the third preseason game. Although I do wonder, like, and this is sort of the, the point about Matt Nagy is like, when you bring in a new coaching staff with a new offense, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get those adjustments down with a limited amount of practice time they have, right?
1: What was the excuse last year under Mike Malarkey? I mean, Mike Malarkey I don't, was the excuse. They went to the playoffs. They won nine games.
0: Three, like five, I don't understand.
1: Ten. Like he's worse than Jameis Winston in terms of that draft. And I was willing. I've all, <laughs> long been on the Marcus Mariota bandwagon because he's certainly likable. He he's crazy athletic. He makes plays where we go, okay, clearly that's what he can do. And then he, it takes four or five other throws for him to get back to that. He's short hopping balls, throwing balls into the stands, throwing interceptions, not making great decisions, running with the ball and getting blasted. I, I mean, it's a problem. Like it, It's a real concern. I, I feel like if, he, if they go 8-8 eight and eight and he plays like he did last year, you have to have a conversation about looking for a quarterback.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, huh? I think, yeah. Well, I th- yeah, I think the same thing can be said about Jameis Winston, and I know I'm a Jameis Winston hater, but I think they're kind of both in the same boat, and I think Mariota's excuse thus far has been the coaching staff and the offensive structure he's been in, and I think you're right, I think if he comes out and struggles in this year, then you kind of have to start saying, well, maybe it's not the offense, maybe it's not the coaches, maybe it's not the playbook, and maybe it's him, um, but I think I think he deserves a chance, like, it, it's,
0: like, how I know long does talking- he get this year, <laughs> well, he hasn't
2: had He hasn't had his regular season game yet.
0: Like, he's had a, he's had one of the worst offensive coaches. No offense no, to, to, to Mike Malarkey. and to-
1: Mike Malarkey had great success with Cordell <laughs> Stewart in <laughs> two thousand.
0: I don't I'm like. I'm, I think I don't want Bill Cowher to hear me talking about it. My pal Bill Cowher is going to get mad at me if I'm ripping Mike Malarkey. But Mike Malarkey was a terrible offensive coach for Marcus Mariota. They drafted a guy like Marcus Mariota and then immediately took someone who spent his entire college career operating out of the shotgun. Running these quick, accurate style stuff, and then they shove him under center, make him learn all these things, and get him banged up. The do erotic smash mouth, or whatever the hell they call it. And, erotic and smash. I him. like that. I too. Um,
1: you know what our our our, uh, our uh, colleague Dubin calls it? What? Uh, exotic ass mouth, which I think is also fitting. Exotic
0: ass mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure we can say that on the podcast, <laughs> but we'll find too. out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Uh, I can't wait to have to contact
1: goodbye. Jared Dubin with any complaints. <laughs> <laughs> like exotic smash smash, smash <laughs> my variations. but listen, here's the deal: you can blame Mike Mularkey all you want to; he's gone. And I know you love uh, the Sean McVay disciple they brought in, but what? When are we going to see the Matt fruits LeFleur.
0: of? Yeah, Matt Lafleur. Yeah, when are we see LeFleur. the fruits of these
1: th- th- that late? Him.
0: Yeah, week one, baby, week one, where the Titans nice come up. out.
1: Um, also, if you want to running back sleepers from that game, I got them.
0: Playing. Oh no, no, I know who they are. I want you. I want know, you, you, know I want you to explain to me how Jalen Samuels is a rich man's Le'Veon Bell.
1: He was balling. He looked some, good, didn't some, he? He looked great. And, and I think the Steelers made a concerted effort to run him to death in the third quarter of that game just because they wanted to see, because you would know better than I do as an NC State fan. He didn't do a lot of straight running out of the backfield at NC State, is that no, right? No, no. He
0: was. He, uh, he was preseason All-ACC his final year as a tight end.
1: That's right. So he 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 said to the... The Pittsburgh media, he will not be playing tight end, even though their three starting tight ends are hurt right now because he can't block. Like, he's not a blocker. No. He will make that known. Part of the issue with playing running back is he's not a third down. He can't block. He, he doesn't have, he has no experience with that. So he's learning that. But they let him run the ball, and he looked really good. And we know he can catch coming out of the backfield, and that's sort of what Le'Veon does when he shows up. Le'Veon can block. He's a really good blocker. But they have James Conner, who's another uh, the, their third-round pick from a year ago. He can block, and he, he ran pretty well. And he caught six also, balls, too. He can catch out of the backfield. So there's no Samuel's not yet a roster spot, but he's a fifth-round pick. Uh, he's battling Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald, Toussaint, and Steven Ridley for, for one of the final spots, so there's a good chance he makes it. But he did himself a there's lot of Samuels?
0: favors. Samuels is making that roster, man.
1: Well, it's not guaranteed yet. Yeah, he's, yeah.
0: No, it's guaranteed. He's making that roster.
1: Here's the thing. Those guys can block, and, and that's a big deal. Here's, um, here's
0: the thing. Le'Veon, Bell is, me, Le'Veon Bell is gone after this year.
1: That's fair enough. Yeah, no, I like him a lot. I was super impressed. I, I wanted to see him get an opportunity. He got it. He he ran with it, uh, literally. And uh, yeah, he was fun to watch. So I think I like him a lot. I don't think it's someone you would draft. I think James Conner's a guy you would definitely take super late. Yeah. If you need you need a running back, because he's going to get some work. Le'Veon is going to show up. He's not going. He's going to be rusty in the first few games. He has a propensity to get hurt, so you could see James Conner later in the season. So you know that that makes more sense. But Jalen Samuel was a, was a. Fun little story there in the third
0: quarter. Jalen Samuels, 11 carries, 41 yards, had a touchdown called back, also had five targets, four catches, 36 yards. James Conner, 10 carries, 18 yards, but six catches for 52 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster in that game targeted eight times for six catches and 46 yards. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny to draft Juju Smith-Schuster, but if Antonio Brown gets hurt at all, and I, I don't, I'm i not going to own Juju in a single fantasy league because it's, it's just the price is too much for me. Um, I think he's a great player, but I'm just not going to own him. Uh, but if Antonio Brown goes down for any reason and he went down some last year, Juju is going to blow up.
1: Another late le- late round. Keep your eye on guy James Washington. He'll he'll ne- then move up next to Juju to be number two. He'll start as number three. Mason Rudolph's boy at Oklahoma State last year.
2: Yeah. R- R- Ryan just likes every skill position player on the Steelers. Well, they have
0: a really good group. I mean, they,
2: they're, they're <laughs> I would draft James Conner. Who, like, I...
0: who scores more points this year, Sean? The Chiefs. Or the Steelers? Steelers. That's, like, what kind of question is that?
1: But here's the thing, That's though. I, I think the Chiefs defense is worse. So yeah, exactly. Some might get more opportunities. Okay, exactly. That's, That's what I'm fair saying.
0: Fair point. It's a, good, it's a good question. What kind of question is that? It's a good that question. That was a good question. It's a great question. Um, Jacksonville. There's a guy there named Blake Portals. Don't know if you heard him, Ryan. He threw two interceptions. What oh,
1: God. Hey, let, let me put this to you. I was on HQ on... Um, Thursday or Friday. And uh-huh. the question Cody put to me was, should we be concerned if you're a Jacksonville fan with Blake Bortles? Because a year ago, to, uh, in the week three, he was bench for Chad Henney. And um, now that he's struggling in the preseason. So are you concerned, Will Brinson, with Blake Bortles?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm concerned with my mentions. Because when I suggested that they should trade for Teddy Bridgewater, oh, yeah. somebody asked if Blake Bortles bleep my wife, which is – not an appropriate thing well, to say to another man or dwarf woman or whoever. You're not, <laughs> you're not answering the question, though. Uh, I'm worried about Blake Bortles. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, babe. She, if Blake Bortles is her celebrity guy, by all means. I'll shantay, honey. Um, I don't think that'll be the case. But Blake Bortles, 17 to 23, 204 yards, two picks. Cody Kessler, 7 to 7 for 79 yards. Um, Jaguars scored 17 points. But, uh, you yeah, know, look. Blake Bortles is going to hold them back. I mean, that's, they have this great defense. Hey, no, no.
1: Listen, what did, who, why did they lose that Patriots game? They lost a the Patriots game because of the defense.
2: Yeah. I don't he, know. I, well, I think they also lost because they were so afraid to throw the ball because they had Blake Bortles and they were just handing the ball off every time.
1: And when he was throwing the ball, he actually was throwing. I was telling Pete Briscoe. I can't believe it. He played terribly in that Bill's game, played really well against the Steelers in the divisional round. And I thought he played pretty well against the Patriots. They had a chance to win and they turtled up. And, and I, I'm not concerned about Blake Bortles because you've seen this movie literally every weekend for 16 weeks last year and then however many years it's been since 2014, I guess. Um, He's fine. You know what you're getting. You're paying him middle-of-the-road quarterback money. He plays like a replacement-level quarterback. The defense still has to be – like, it has to be a top-three unit. It can't be any worse than that. Fournette has to show up. Do we know what happened to Marquise Lee? Is he done?
0: I don't know if he's done. I know he's –
1: he hobbled off the field with a knee injury. Apparently it was a dirty hit. I didn't see it, but I, I saw them complaining about it.
0: Yeah, Jalen Ramsey Afterwards, blamed the new helmet rule to or says the new helmet rule is yeah. to blame for him.
1: But if this defense slips to eleventh, they're going seven and nine or worse. Because Blake Bortles isn't Matt Ryan. He isn't a Tom Brady. He isn't whoever. He's Blake Teddy Bortles. He isn't Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> much to Brinson's dismay.
0: That hit should have been flagged. He led he just led with his helmet. Did they? Did they? Th- but how would it be to blame? I mean, like they just dove in and he dove. But his helmet. I is, think it's. I think it's a whole like oh because you
2: can't hit guys high in the head anymore. People are starting to go for the knees. I think like that's I do not remember who it was. Out. I feel like Gronk or no, someone it was out Gronk. of quotes. Like,
0: no, T.J. Ward blew out Gronk's knee in uh It was it was it a preseason? Or, no, it was week week uh, like week one game yeah, against the Browns. Yeah, yeah. He dove and went straight at his knee and blew out Gronk's knee and tore he tore his ACL. I mean, it's just these guys go low. You're still on mute, Ryan.
1: Sorry. That wasn't that, that play was a flag. Sorry.
0: <laughs> the play was a flag.
1: Not the TJ Ward hit.
0: Oh, no, no, the TJ Ward hit was not. I'm saying the Jaguars uh Falcons hit.
1: Oh, right, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so you can actually he was flagged for going low because he led with his helmet. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, he's going to tackle him and he's but he's not like going for his helmet. He's just trying to get out of the way and like hit him and but he, 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 oh. he whatever I mean, like whatever the case, it looks like Marquis Lee. Could miss substantial time. If it ends up you know, hopefully it's like just hyper extension like Zach Martin. Um, if he misses time, then all of a sudden that Jaguars depth chart is interesting. D.D. Westbrook has been pretty good. Keelan Cole is one of Pete Prisco's big sleepers, and he could have a monster year, so watch out for those. DJ
1: Shark they drafted the second round. I don't know how he's been doing in the preseason Yeah.
0: Though. Um the, are you worried about the Falcons? Matt Ryan went five of twelve against the Jaguars defense. Any concerns there? No. Exactly. No, Baltimore Ravens scored 27 points against the Miami Dolphins. Should we give them the Super Bowl trophy now, Ryan?
1: <laughs> the Dolphins? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's <laughs> as close as they're going to get to it.
0: No, I the Dolphins ra- are terrible. I think the Dolphins will be better than people think.
1: What does that mean? It's uh, seven wins, over-under.
0: I'll take the over. I think they'll win eight games. Whoa! I think they're the second-best team in the division. Yeah. Uh, great. I'm not saying. I, I actually think that the pieces they put in place around with Ryan Tannehill, and Danny Madola and Albert Wilson and Kenyon Drake can let them operate a dink and dunk offense that's going to allow them to to like Tannehill's not going to have to throw deep because he stinks at throwing deep. But when Ken- which
1: team would be better served by having Teddy Bridgewater, the Jaguars, or the Dolphins,
0: the Dolphins by, by far. Jaguars? Oh, okay. mm, Jaguars?
1: Nah,
2: I think if you look at Ryan Tannehill's first season under Gase, it's not that bad. Like I think it's, it, I think it's pretty short. good.
0: Yeah. And when like, he got hurt, uh, he injured his yeah, ACL. I agree. Who knows hurt. what we're actually going to see out of him this year. And well, like, if they'd just... They just done the surgery when he tore his ACL, he would have been back on the field last year. You know, we wouldn't have to deal with the whole thing where he re-injured himself. Um, he then we would not have me. gotten Jay Cutler. So let's oh, just God. say it was
2: a good thing for everyone in this world that we got one more season of that.
0: That was yes. a special yeah. season with Jay Cutler there.
1: Uh, I was uh, I was talking to my my surgeon and asked him exactly that
0: humble, about the uh, uh, surgery. <laughs>
1: My ACL surgeon. I, I said, why why would the Dolphins send Tannehill out there with a, a partially torn ACL? Because partially torn, it still doesn't work, and you're just going to tear it. And he said, you can sort of brace those things up if you feel comfortable with it, but it's not going to be stable. It's not going to heal itself. Yeah, if you're like, like a doesn't...
0: dad in like northern New York who like you know, right. runs on a treadmill yeah. twice a week in his jean shorts, maybe you could do that.
1: Uh, exactly. And that's what, what I said. And he goes, well, yeah. I mean, their doctors apparently thought it was okay. And Tannehill said, oh, it feels fine, but it, it doesn't matter how you feel if, if you don't have if your knees and held together properly, if you make a wrong move, made the wrong move, and that was a wrap. And then, as you point out, I think they wasted six months. Yeah, And he could he could have been back, you know, three months into last season and said he had to miss the whole thing.
0: I'll tell you an offense that could be interesting and just shove it right into Sean's face. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when uh, Jameis Winston comes back, oh, Sean rolled his eyes, very feisty millennial up in there. Uh, Jameis Winston, 6 of 10. 60 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, 6 of 7 for 82 yards. Uh, they just have so many weapons there. Chris Godwin caught a touchdown catch. He looks fantastic. Grab him in your fantasy drafts if he is there. Pete Prisco said on CBS Sports HQ, and I heard it on the Fantasy Football Today podcast as I was driving down to Piners You should subscribe to that on iTunes and listen to it. Jamie, Dave, Heath, uh, Adam Azer do a great job. Um, Chris Pete Prisco is, is heres in, in Tampa Bay that Chris Godwin is going to be the 1A to Mike Evans is one in Tampa Bay. He's the guy to earn there. Um, and then Detroit, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, not a bad game. Could see the, the Lions being a little sneaky fun. Ryan.
1: Oh, yeah, no, uh, I'm <laughs> I with know. you. Sorry. I, I, I want to see what, uh, speaking of new coaches, what uh, Matt Patricia is able to do there. It, it seems like every time uh, a Belichick disciple gets a job, uh, their defense is terrible. Uh, the Lions defense hasn't looked very good. The uh, Titans' defense wasn't very good. Um, I'm trying to think back to when Josh McDaniels took that uh, that Denver job. Denver job. They, they started out. They started out six zero. Six and, and they, o, Yeah. Because yeah. you remember he beat,
0: he beat Belichick and like jumped, like like fist pumped at yeah. the Denver crowd and yeah. Belichick's yeah. <laughs> looking to shake hands with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. started
1: he started flossing. Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it just seems like those, <laughs> those teams struggle to have, have a decent defense. Uh, Eric Mangini's defenses weren't – I think they were okay for a couple years in New York, and they weren't great. Otherwise, going to Cleveland, you're not going to have a great defense no matter what. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the, the good news is for Matt Patricia, he has Matthew Stafford. Um, the bad news is that they have to play defense. They were a really good defense two years ago, struggled last year. So So we'll see. I don't have high hopes for that team. I'm not sold on Patricia as a as a genius. I think that stuff gets overblown. I I go back to what I said earlier: it's two a and a half scientist. things you need to, to win. What's that?
0: He's a rocket scientist. That's true.
1: Yeah, uh, two and a half things you need: Belichick, Brady, and and half a season of Gronk. He doesn't have any of those things, so we'll, we'll see. Uh,
2: I'm sold him. Go ahead. Go ahead. The the Lions were like the team that I feel like for me, it's like the hardest thing to handle. On like I just like yeah they've been so like mediocre or like straddling the line between like maybe bad, but then they go seven and nine and like maybe good. And they go eight and eight that I just, I just don't know how to feel about them. I just, they don't really have a pass rush. Like they have Ezekiel Anza and like, that's it. Like, I just, I, I think that's a big problem in that division um, when you have good quarterbacks. Um, I I don't know. I think they're like, I just think to me, like, I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't, but I don't think they're going to be good. And like, I think the question is, like, do you think they finish in fourth or third? That's the question, right?
0: In the, yeah. in the NFC North. Yeah. I mean, I could see them, like, winning it in some kind of crazy fashion where Aaron Rodgers no gets way. hurt. and. Okay. I mean, but,
2: like, yeah. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, all bets are yeah. off.
0: But. Uh, oh, my God. We're blitzing towards a lot very long podcast. Sorry, Sean. You got to do work, don't you? Uh, so, we'll get out of here on this last game. Adrian Peterson ran 11 times for 56 yards for the Washington Redskins. Are you in or out on Adrian Peterson, Sean? I'm out. Right. I think – Go,
2: Ryan.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I'm out. Uh Ooh, I was say I'm in. People, I'm but, in. But I'm out, too. Why are you Here's out? Here's the thing. Oh. He hasn't played in eight, eight months. He's awesome every eight months. He ain't going to be awesome every week. So you can get in, but you better you better take an eight-month break uh, after the next time.
2: What? Full disclosure, I did, I did not watch the game, but there was one highlight clip in our whoever wrote the recaps, and I watched that one highlight of Adrian Peterson getting eight yards up the middle And the thing that stuck out to me is, like, I feel like with Adrian Peterson, for him to be maybe good is you have to line up in, like, the eye. And, like, you have to, like, do, like, a non-modern NFL offense to get him the kind of reps he needs. Because he doesn't want to run out of shotgun. He can't catch the ball. And I just don't think that's, like, productive. Like, if he was still gaining six yards a carry, then, yes, you can run that offense. But he's still not going to do that. So I think by having him on the field, he's such a
0: liability because you
2: can only do one thing with him. And it's line up in the eye and and hand him the ball.
0: Yeah, the, the problem with the Saints offense last year when Peterson was out there is that it was a dead giveaway what they were doing on the play when Peterson was out there because they weren't running some sort of pass or a draw or you know, it was a power run and, and they, they stunk and then you move Kamara in there and all of a sudden you can do whatever you want. Uh, notable on the other side of the field. Emmanuel Sanders, eight targets, four catches, sixty-one yards, and scored on a twenty-seven-yard rush. Royce Freeman, five carries, twenty-six yards, one touchdown. He is the clear-cut number one there. Uh, Devonta Booker has been bumped back to the uh, uh, handcuff status. Royce Freeman going very high in draft. You can have to pay a third or fourth or fifth-round price for him. Emmanuel Sanders to me is one of the best values in fantasy this year. I got him in like the eighth round of that draft. You can get him late. He can be your wide receiver three. Um, you know, or a bench wide receiver that you plug in on bye weeks and he's gonna be great value. I'm probably not buying Adrian Peterson in his draft stock, but I don't know. Hey, let me
1: put this let me say this real quick. Um, and I'm this is my prediction. Uh in a week's time, either Jeremy Hill or Mike Gillisley, whichever one gets cut, will be the newest Redskins <sighs> running back.
0: That's actually a pretty good idea. Jeremy Hill is making that team, I think, right?
1: He hurt his ankle, so we'll see. Oh, but I think the they team. were the, the guys battling out for the last spot.
0: All right. Anything else uh, you guys got from this weekend of preseason action? I've got. I got one, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, son.
2: I've got one thing. If since Ryan's making his bold prediction, I'll make mine. It's that Cody Kessler ends up starting more than four games and replaces Blake Bortles
1: because of injury or otherwise.
2: Because he gets benched and Cody Kessler looks good. No way! Wow! I think Cody Kessler is one of the better backup quarterbacks, and like we haven't seen much. His O
1: and A Browns record certainly says so.
2: Okay, well, okay. You want to bring up the O and A? No one, <laughs> no one wins in Cleveland. You look at his 2016 stat line in nine games. He had a 92.3 passer rating, and like I know that's not like the end all be all like stat, but like who is a quarterback in the last five years who has put up a better stat line in Cleveland than Cody Kessler?
1: Uh, Brian Hoyer. Next question.
0: Mm, facts only, Sean. You got blasted. Got <laughs> <Stop> me. <laughs> hey,
1: by the way, quickly, Jason Lockham our buddy just tweeted this. Hearing there could be more trouble ahead for Sean's boy, Randy Gregory. So look out for that. What?
0: Um, How? That no. he, what? Like, he's not even off the field yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was maybe he was smoking weed in the huddle. I don't know. But he <laughs> like, looks to be in more trouble.
0: Are you oh, kidding no. me, Randy Gregory? All right, well. Good thing we didn't spend the entire podcast talking about that. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. It's a long show. We know you had to grind through that. Maybe you got stuck in traffic and we helped you out. Follow Sean on Twitter at Sean J. Jay
2: Wagner. That's Sean
0: J. Wagner on Twitter. Follow Ryan Wilson. At Ryan, Will- <laughs> Ryan Wilson <laughs> underscore seven. He's flicking me the bird because he hates his Twitter handle. I'm at Will Brinson at Pick Six Pod for the podcast. Thanks, guys.
1: Play Play at it. it.